All right, we are rolling now. Counting us down. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey there, Misketeers. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, spoken word, books, experiences, things that have built us up as people. And we hope that in sharing it, it builds you up. We are the retrospective that is introspective. See, and y'all thought we were going to make it out of the month of February without one really solid love story. In fact, we we had to wait. We had to wait. There was too much raw passion involved for any other week of the month. But this, the last week of February, we're going to talk about the greatest, the purest love that there could be. And that is, of course, one man's love for a walrus. Yeah, the purest love. Um, and we are joined by a show favorite... Caprice Castano. I'm nauseous. I I feel that too. Wow. 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 Um, So uh, you are the reason we are here. So I thought I'd throw it over to you to pitch this. Why, 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 Why should someone watch this? Okay, before we get started with this, I just have, I want to say something. You know, I live my life very distinct way where I try not to regret anything that happens. Okay. I really try to live my life with the deci- be very confident in the decisions that I make. Cool. I 100% regret bringing this movie up. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I get that. Where to, we got to go back too because this this episode uh, was born of a conversation you and I had what 2 years ago Yes. when we were both working at Super Deluxe and I I sort of pitched you the rough idea of what this show was. And you said, oh, the walrus movie. And I was like, you know the walrus movie? And I was very excited. And uh, and you said, yeah, we'll, we'll totally talk about Tusk one day. Mm-hmm. And we just sort of kicked that can down the road for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure did. Now we're here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so I have to pitch it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, without spoiling it. Yeah. Really bad things happen to a douchey podcaster. Oh, nice. I feel attacked. <laughs> um, That's uh, my pitch. Yeah. That's the movie. And if, if you have just a, a big fantasy about seeing podcasters getting their due, uh, this is the movie for you. Um, if you know nothing about Tusk, it is it was made in 19, or 2014. 2014. <laughs> um, uh, and so it was written and directed by Kevin Smith. It stars uh, Justin Long, Haley Joel Osment, uh, Genesis Rodriguez, uh, a guy from Twin Peaks. What? Um, and You're, how are you going to do Michael Parks like that? Also Johnny Depp. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's 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 there. Um, mm-hmm. This and and it also continues our month with no name in that the main <laughs> bad guy. Has no name. He goes by many aliases. Ooh, still on brand. Ooh. Cool. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, that's good. I didn't even make Thank that you. connection. Yeah. I love it. It's all falling perfectly into place. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Parks' plan in this movie. You don't know Michael Parks, man. I'm failing you as a friend that you don't know Michael Parks. 
I gotta okay. I'm glad it's a failure on your part. And it, no, I'll, <laughs> I'll own this one. I'll own this one because it, to be fair, okay. So Michael Parks is one of my very favorite actors, and Michael Parks plays uh, the the man, the mysterious uh, older man who uh, may or may not have sinister designs uh, for this podcaster. He's one of my favorite actors, and he's an actor that I think people maybe know now, but but didn't really know for for decades. He was uh, an up and comer in the '70s, and he had done some film work, and he, he became the lead on a TV show called Then Came Bronson. And uh, the way the story goes, if I'm not mistaken, is at a certain point, producers wanted the show to become a little bit more violent. They wanted his character to become more aggressive, and he was not on board with that. He made his feelings very, very clear that he was not on board with that. And that type of behavior ultimately led to him being blacklisted for many, many years. And it was only by working with uh, filmmakers here and there that worked outside of the Hollywood system that he was able to work at all. So cut to the 90s, when Michael Park's superfan Quentin Tarantino puts him in from Dust Till Dawn, uh, people start to notice him more. He starts to work again. He did, you know, Tara, you mentioned Twin Peaks in the 90s, of course. Uh, I'm a big fan of that show. Uh, but yeah, he, he then worked kind of from there up until uh, his death in more high-profile projects, working with filmmakers like Tarantino, like Kevin Smith, who wrote a part for him in Red State uh, as a villainous pastor, and he absolutely crushes in that movie. I recommend it on his performance alone. Um, but he does it uh, here again, this kind of like really bug nuts, go for broke, sinister thing, but with this uh, this crazy, like earthy precision. Uh, Parks was awesome. Like Parks was one of the best to do it. I have failed you, sir, as a friend. I need to I need to bring you into the church of Parks proper. All right. <laughs> um, so you had mentioned Kevin Smith, uh, and so this movie originally came from a concept that he. And Scott Moser had basically just like done a bit. They started a bit based off of a post on Gumtree. Um, and then it became a full movie in the podcast, the Smodcast, I guess. The podcast Smodcast. Um, and then they essentially uh, got it greenlit and uh, had it created over the course of, I think it was shot in 15 days. And How? They- How? Who's... Well, so, so who said yes? So, <laughs> so who said uh, I like that? So Let's they sort of, they sort of democratized that process, right? Like what they did, they did the podcast episode. Um, and you can go, you find it. I think it's probably behind paywalls and stuff like Stitcher now. It's nowhere. Okay. It's, it doesn't I mean, exist anymore. You, can, you have to imagine you what it must've been like. Find it. Okay. But, uh, but it was born of this. Yeah. They riffed on this post and they hit on this idea like, oh, this is totally a horror movie. This, this, uh, this person who's looking for a lodger who can stay in their house uh, completely rent-free. It's a really nice room. They get all these amenities and stuff, and all they have to do is for an hour a day dress in a realistic walrus costume and behave entirely like a walrus. And they start riffing on this idea because they're like, oh my God, that's a fucking horror movie, and wouldn't it be hilarious if... And so they start spinning what is essentially the first draft of what becomes this movie on their podcast. And then at the end of the episode... Uh, Kevin Smith basically says, you know, so uh, we would love to actually make this movie, but we have no idea if there's an audience for this or not. Is this like uh, something people would actually watch or is this the dumbest fucking idea of all time and we're stupid for wanting to make it? Uh, How about uh, we'll start a campaign. If you want to see this movie, go on to social media, hashtag walrus. Yes. And if you don't want to see it, you think it's the dumbest fucking idea in the world. Hashtag walrus. No. And apparently, according to Kevin Smith, they got some absurd amount of walrus yeses and only one walrus no. And the guy who hashtagged walrus no said, I'm really walrus yes, but I wanted the one hashtag walrus no in here for the sake of the democratic process. Yeah. 
um, which I think is is right. crazy, and it it's, it okay. feels like only something that like Kevin Smith could do. Yes. Like you and I joke about a lot of dumb shit on this podcast, but no one's gonna be like, "Yes, greenlit, let's do it." Um, so like, I feel like it's definitely oh, and and even you gotta, in you the podcast, you gotta believe in yourself, sir. That's why none of our shit's gotten greenlit because you're here, you're like kneecapping us before it's out there. I mean, it may also be because I'm very flippant about the way that I talk about TV studios. Um, that's, oh, but fuck, this shit got too real. Too oh yeah. Quickly. Um, but also, so uh, I think before we got on mic, the consensus was that uh, Caprice, you, uh, it it was hard for you to watch this. It uh, drew me to drink and start smoking. So um, okay. Can we talk about the first time I watched it? Yes. I'll go from there. Okay. I was at a party that was just like, uh, we were watching a bunch of scary type movies. Right. I was trying to get laid that night and thought I was liking Tusk and like, oh, this movie's great. But I'm like trying to sleep with this dude and like not really paying attention. I'm like, I think this is a good movie. I remember liking it and then watching it, uh, uh, you know, not in that kind of mindset. Um, I... I, I didn't enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. At all. Um, um I, I get, get it. I get it. The movie's very much like, look at me. Look at me go. <laughs> I get it. Um, yes, the movie very much it it is almost tongue in cheek. Like it, it feels like it is a, a serious uh like a, a, I guess minor quotation marks it's like a serious attempt at a as as kevin smith had pitched it like a, a blumhouse feature i feel like until you get to uh johnny depp's part and then it becomes real farcical yeah, the um, last 40 minutes of this movie feel distinctly different from the first hour or so of yeah the movie. yeah um and and i think and also before we had got on mike uh you were saying how you were you would probably be the apologist of this group and i think I understand. And when I was doing the research, uh, a lot of the information about it was that like so many pieces of this movie are references to Smodcast itself that like if you listen to Smodcast, you're like, oh, yeah, Gregory is the walrus that was in the original post. Gumtree is where they got it from. Oh, man, the name of this place is a reference to episode 233, Um, which I think that is your jam. I think one of my favorites is that uh, the more margaritas ringtone is a bit uh, from the Hollywood Babylon podcast. That's like a remix, like Ralph Garman, who's his co-host on that show, who plays, I know this shit, who plays the detective that they talk to before they talk to their, our, our ultimate sort of master investigator character. Uh, he does a bunch of impressions. One of them's a Pacino impression. And one of their fans, I guess, remixed it and asked them to use it as a, an intro jingle for one of their segments. And they were like, yeah, fuck it, sure. Okay. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a fan of that ringtone for, the, yes. for, for that reason, A, but, but B, because it's, it's delightful. So not only is this movie awful, but it's super like is the word masturbatory? Yeah. So now now this is making me hate it even more that it's like, <laughs> oh, if you don't listen to this fucking podcast, you're not going to get the jokes like the margarita ring. T- oh, wow. It's getting worse now. <laughs> but okay. I feel like I feel like you don't need to know what that is, but if you do know where he pulled that from, it's like, "Ah, cute." But you don't need that information. It's not like there's a crucial plot detail that doesn't click into place because you can't source the ringtone. <laughs> I did play it enough where I'm like, this is 
it's clearly as I yeah, pretend it's... to jerk off. This is something that I don't understand. Like... Well, like sort of what you were getting at before <laughs> about how it's very much drawing attention to itself on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Look yeah. at me. I'm. Do, I'm. Do you like me yet? <laughs> I'm weird. Do you like me? Um, yeah, that's actually on the poster. It's like, Tusk, do you like me yet? <laughs> it's real good. Um, I didn't get it until I watched it and I was like, oh, subtext. <laughs> um, so I feel like we can't move forward without dropping the spoiler wall, um, especially because I really want to dive into uh, what you didn't like about this movie. Okay. Um, and I also have a lot of my own thoughts, which require spoilers i'm so excited i said this several times before we got on mic and i'm saying it again here for posterity i am so fucking hyped for this <laughs> chat we are about to have um so uh oh, wait i do have something that's not spoiler related the song tusk is a fucking banger yep wow i yep. went and like looked it up that song rules it's so fun that whole album is so fucking good yeah. also that was a late addition to the movie uh and somebody said you know oh, you've got to put the song and he's like really with the trumpets and they're like yes you got to do it he's like i listens to it puts it over the movie goes all right how much is that going to cost it's the single most expensive line item on the budget with oh, the wow. rights for yeah the fleetwood mac song yep wow it and works well though like it's fucking bonkers yeah. um and we will talk about that in a minute but the one the last non-spoiler thing i definitely want to say is that say what you will about every other aspect of this movie i i feel very strongly that these actors are playing it so straight and so committedly that it actually, I mean, okay, your mileage may vary. Clearly it didn't uh, save the movie necessarily for you, but I do feel like there's something to be said for how fucking hard like Justin Long is working in this movie. Yeah. I, the acting is great to some degree. <laughs> That's fine. It right. like will work. Okay. Let's All right. We got to get into it. We got to get into it. Yeah. All right, so if you haven't seen Tusk, um, it's available online. Uh, you can watch it on Netflix. It's on Amazon. It is on uh, YouTube, the, like, rental service, not, like, illegal ways, which it might be, but don't do it. Uh, so while you're here, make sure to, or if you're feeling so kind, I guess, uh, leave a rating, a review. It really helps us get to the top of the charts, helps other people find us. As you know, the most potent way of advertising is word of mouth. Uh, so please do so if you are feeling so inclined. And we will be back right after this. Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wikiship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is pure editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruth Ann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. And we are back. So my, my main note, and this is just something I want to just kick off with, is that this is the second movie that Justin Long has been at the mercy of a entity uh, that has been collecting human parts for a specific purpose. Huh. The first one being Jeepers Creepers. Right. Oh. Um, I, I'd not made that connection. Yeah. 
the moment that uh, I think we got to the walrus suit, I was like, ah, yes, Jeepers Creepers, indeed. Um, so I, I, I like that he uh, read this script and was probably like, yeah, I could do that. That me. <laughs> I got that. Yeah. Why not? Do I have to get my belly button uh, tattooed? And they were like, no, not this time. He's like, even better. I don't know why he's Australian in my brain. Um, even better. It, I think it might be the the mustache, which reminds me of Reese Darby, who is uh, New Zealand ease. But uh, does it remind you? It doesn't remind you of a walrus. No. Does it remind no. Oh, oh my gosh, Wallace what? with the, the the mustache, walrus with a mustache. Oh, so kaboom! My mind blown emoji. This fucking, I'm just gonna let you guys go for a while. <laughs> this is my favorite thing about when Caprice comes on the show. Is like I could basically do nothing, and I could just let you guys go for it. That's literally last time you were here. I hadn't seen the fucking movie you were talking oh, yeah. about, yeah. and it was a great show because I just got to sit and watch. It was dope. Oh yeah, you watched the wrong movie. Yeah, it was it was fun. I forgot about that. Yeah, you watched the wrong Ravenous. Oh man, that, that was, was good. I think we we didn't tell people that, and so now they've seen the sausage. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> um, yes, I think so. There are a lot of like small, little, um, dun- there are like a lot of small nods that are, I, I guess, in a in a literary sense they are, are um i don't know foreshadowing but uh in in this t- sense they're just kind of like fun winky naughty things wallace the walrus being one of them um mm-hmm. the other one being like his his big mustache how walruses have yeah. um there was one i couldn't remember with uh, specifically uh how howard um he had a something specific that I was like, ha it's a walrus thing. Um, I mean, he does have the long walrus dick bone. I mean, who doesn't, though? That's true. Yeah, I'm pointing to mine on the wall right now. You have quite a few. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm a collector. It's my <laughs> walrus. I was waiting. I'm actually really impressed you made it a full six seconds before going for that joke. Yeah. Uh, I had to set it up. Like, the best jokes take time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Caprice, what is it about this movie that you find so appalling? Mm, okay. Um, well, or, or should I say so appalrous? Appalrous. Okay, this is going to be awful. Um, <laughs> it, it It's just, like I said, I just feel like it was so much, it's so extra. And I don't remember it being that. Like, I remember, of course, that there's a man uh, in a walrus, a human walrus suit, of course. But there's just the tone of the movie really struck me as just something I don't want to be a part of ever again. <laughs> I don't know. There's just, it just infuriated me the whole time I was watching it. Because, like I said, it just feels like it's like, look at me. Right. I'm yeah. a movie now. <laughs> and I, like, couldn't get past that and just enjoy it, which I yeah. think I had in the past. Okay. And now I'm like... Just roll, my eyes hurt from rolling them so hard, like the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Had, had you had a chance to listen to the uh, Smodcast episode either no. before or after? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was listening to it earlier today um, through Unsavory Means. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, unsavory Means. Uh, and so essentially. It, I, I feel that idea of like, oh, I'm a movie now because it was such a Kevin Smith 
passion project. Like he will describe it as like one of the, his favorite things that he's ever worked on. Um, and I totally get that because it's weird. It's experimental. Like there's, you, you get like a, a skin walrus suit, like, and, and there's so much like internal logic that like works because you can tell he really thought it through and, and figured it out like he's a seasoned filmmaker. So yes, of course. Um, but in when he, they were doing the pitch for this, for this movie, the, in the podcast, it was such like a, a funny, like, haha, wouldn't it be great if they were slamming against each other uh, in their walrus suits? And, and so it is the, the almost uh, serious end point of a long running bit, yep. which I think is, I mean, from an artistic standpoint, I think that's really crazy and interesting. Um, I think the experience of being in it is it's a very uncomfortable movie. Um, it really is does. It? it goes for that premise real hard, which yes. is something that like you know me, and that's why I think it makes so much sense to you just on its face that of the three of us, I might be the Tusk apologist. Yes, is I'm very much look. If you're not going to make a movie that is you know quote unquote uh, good you know, whatever that actually means, at least make something that makes me go, oh, that's fucked up. And like, he absolutely did. Like they commit so uncomfortably fucking hard to the premise of uh, tearing a person apart and turning their body irreparably into a living walrus. And I got to, I have such deep, appreciation for somebody that's going to write that into a script and follow it all the way through to and ask other people to come on this journey with them <laughs> and follow it all the way through to completion but also Tari what you're what you're saying about it feeling like the culmination of a long running bit this is part of why it's so much easier for me to be an apologist for this movie and also why I can't judge it in any kind of vacuum is because I was listening to Smodcast like from the very beginning of that show so I listened to that episode uh, the walrus and the carpenter when it first went out and yeah. so I followed this entire thing from conception through to like I owning a fucking physical copy of the thing and so it there is that aspect of it absolutely of yeah. just feeling like you're in, so in on the joke and percentage wise you're you're one of maybe I don't know five percent of people that are in on this particular joke Congratulations. I feel really good about myself. Yeah. For me, this, this the feeling that I'm going to describe right now stems from um, trying to watch Avengers Endgame without really watching anything else and being like, how fucking dare you make a movie <laughs> that you have to know so much to enjoy? Like, I watched them like, this is some boring ass shit. I don't know what's going on. That's kind of how I felt about this movie, where I'm like, I don't... There's too many things. There's too many parts. I don't know what's going on because I don't know, like, the stem of the joke, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not... Like, I get it. I fucking get Tusk, okay? I get it. She's... she's I'm be smart, okay? I'm just, like, I don't want to put myself through that. Right. All the, all the like, dudes are, are reading their Twitter fingers being like, she doesn't get it. She just, just, we're just waiting for her to admit it. And you're like, no, guys. I totally I understand. Get it. Um, I just think it's trash. <laughs> so here's my question. Are you a Kevin Smith person? Um, I have been in my youth. Okay. Like, and then I grew up. Ah, okay. And I said, mm, I don't like how this man writes movies anymore. And I don't like, 
I don't like how he writes women characters. I don't, I don't like Dante. <laughs> um, I, to be fair, does anyone like Dante? I feel like people like Dante. I feel like people like are like, that's like me, man. Yeah, I feel like, you know what? I feel like when I was in my, not even my 20s, when I was in my teens, I think maybe I, I identified as Dante. And then like right. you say, you, you grow up a bit and you're like, I can't, I can't be that guy. Yeah. I absolutely loathe the idea of being that person. I do like Kevin Smith as a person. I do think, like, I, like, again, I fucking get it. I'm just now <laughs> in my late 20s and I'm like, I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I like I think I like that he's gotten to a point in his career because he was doing in in the beginning of the uh, hour and a half documentary that they shot while they were shooting Tusk. Uh, he does this little intro intro and he's like, yeah, I stepped away from film for three years and this was my first foray back into it. Um, and I got I like that he's gotten to the point where uh he can just do dumb shit with his friends and like i mean i guess he's always been doing dumb shit with his friends but like now he's gotten to the point where he can do super dumb weird shit with his friends and like have it look like a high high quality high budget movie but it's still just something he's doing for shits and giggles um i want to get to that point of celebrity exactly i'm like Good for you, buddy. I'm so happy for you that you can just fuck around with Johnny Depp and prosthetics. Like, good for you. <laughs> I get it. For me, I was, uh, and Caprice, you referenced uh, Avengers Endgame and walking into that movie without knowing anything else about that world and trying to make sense of it and just being expected to know. Uh, I was 11 years old when I saw Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back in a theater, having never seen anything else that dude had done and that is essentially his Avengers where he brings back like all of his fucking characters from his previous uh, uh, movies and at 11 as an 11 year old boy I was like shit like I need to know I need to be in on all of this and so I like jumped into his stuff really hard and in high school uh, I found his story like a lot of straight white boys of my generation did his story of just sort of investing in himself uh, scraping together uh, his buddies and shooting at a convenience store where they work because they wanted to just make their own movie and stuff like it was very motivating like I remember shooting stuff in high school with my friends and like because they used a hockey stick as a boom pole just taped a microphone to it that's what we did shit like that that's also even like uh, what we're doing now this podcast in part at least for me, exists because he sort of wanted to invest in himself in that way as well. And like he was one, he wasn't the first person with a podcast, but he was sort of an early adopter. And it was just another way to reach an audience, another way to get yourself out there, and another way to sort of say, well, why don't I sort of champion myself? Now, you watch a movie like Tusk, and it's like, all right, clearly he's champion, championing himself to a degree that is almost masturbatory. But I think there's something, especially when I was a kid, there was something super inspiring about the idea of like, well, I don't have a hundred million dollars, so what what can I do? Like what do I want to see out there and why why wait on that? Why expect other people to come to me and offer me the chance to do that? Why not try and create those opportunities for myself and stuff? And so I've just sort of been aware of what he's been up to since I was like a little kid and stuff. So for me, it's like, oh, I'm so I'm like I'm so fucking glad Tusk exists. I'm so fucking glad that like he actually put Michael Parks in a like a walrus like a skin walrus headpiece and had the two big rubber walruses just sort of bounce off of each other and stuff because it's it really like Tari like you were saying oh shit like wouldn't it be great to get to a point where they just 
let you do shit like this. Oh, yeah. Um, and so like this, yeah, like even something like Tusk is weird and fucking unpleasant as it, as it insists on being, uh, there's something just so like inspiring to me about its very existence. It's, and so like, I like, I almost want to hug it. Like I almost want a plushie of the, the human walrus that I can give a big old hug to. What the fuck is um, that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I draw the line. I'm leaving. At the human pl- oh, there she goes. No. <laughs> um, but I so, get it. I get it. I totally get what you're saying. And like, which is not to say like, that's not to say that it should make anyone like the movie better it's just it's so there's no barrier for entry for me at all it doesn't exist in fact they're practically pulling me the fuck into the thing the barrier is so non-existent right this movie was made for you in a way kind of because i am so i'm about as in on the joke i think as i could be right and even if i wasn't the as soon as uh, the song the fleetwood mac song starts playing and they're bouncing off of each other in the fucking walrus suits i'm just like this if not for me who was this made for? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had brought up uh, Kevin Smith being an early adopter of podcasts. And so this movie feels like the main characters are kind of a, his his surrogates. Um, so Wallace being, I guess, kind of him, but not him. Uh, they have their podcast show. Um, and can we, talk, can we talk about their show and how... <laughs> Um, it, we have to. I, I mean, it just it. <laughs> we have to in that it it feels like what everyone views podcasters to be: um, people who are trying too hard to be funny, um, who are trying to be so edgy and just like screaming at each other. And it's like when when like it's like when you tell someone to listen to your podcast. I imagine that that is exactly what they think it's going to be. Um, and it makes me sad because there are some really good podcasts out there, but the, but like, that is what everyone feels like podcasting is. Sure. Um, and the fact that their show is called the not see party really like infuriates me. (laughs) Explain. Because it, 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 it is exactly what someone would do. If they were like, oh, bro, I got this totally cool title. Everyone, It's going to get everyone's attention. They're going to be like, Nazi party. And it's going to be like, no, nah, bro, it's the not C party. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's so cool. Um, and I, as, as someone who's like been podcasting for what, like eight, nine years, like it makes me sad. <laughs> it makes me so sad. Because it's so much more than that. It's so much better than that. But like, and the fact that this in this fiction of this world, these characters are making a hundred thousand dollars in revenue every fucking year, and they're they're for all, for all intents and purposes nobodies like us. Uh, it's hey. like we're nobody. <laughs> Where's my hundred thousand dollars in ad revenue alone? Um, it's dumb. It, I hate it. But is it? But I feel like is that not the intended effect? Like, I feel like that's exactly what he's going for with those characters. And like, not for nothing. I feel like if you asked him at this point, he would probably identify himself first and foremost as a podcaster. So I got to assume that what you're feeling is sort of what is by design. Well, yes. I, so the way I feel is that, uh, he purposely made them 
shitbags so that we don't feel bad for what happens to Wallace. It's one of it's it's like the the old or I don't know how old it is, but like the the literature idea um, that you know there has to be some kind of moral recompense for uh, for bad behavior, and right. so like you don't feel bad or you feel less bad that this guy uh, had a bad happen to him because he was a bad too. And so, like, why not? Like, pfft. I would have liked it if we, I don't know, if we liked Wallace, I feel like, I don't know, that would have made the movie just generally better. Because he was, it was so reaching. So, I mean, he's, like, talking about sleeping with, like, his fans and shit, being like, they're chubby, but they're sexual. And I'm just like, I hate everything that's happening right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I get I get it that he, like, he, I've said I get, this should just be called I Get It by Caprice. But, like, um... <laughs> Like what you were saying is like just yeah not like well, why can't we feel bad for him and he still turn, be turned into a walrus? Well, I think because <laughs> not for nothing, I still felt a little bad. Like not that it not that it was happening to a genuinely good person, but like okay, so part of it is Justin Long. I think is just an inherently likable actor, and it's I don't necessarily want to see things this awful happening to that poor man. Uh-huh. But but also, all right. Clearly, he should get some type of comeuppance for his shitty, shitty behavior. But I also feel like there's degrees to this shit. And I feel like slowly being transformed into a human walrus needs to be reserved for, like, politicians and people like that. Um, maybe. I th- here's what I think. I think. <laughs> Let's go down the list. Who should be a walrus? No, no. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, I think because... For all intents and purposes, it's a horror movie, but it also feels like it's supposed to be kind of a comedy. And I think that if he was a good person, it would automatically send us into tragedy mode. Whereas since he is a bad person, it allows us to disconnect enough to take in what's happening to him and find the funny parts funny. Um, so I think it's it's trying to walk a line between that like absurd horror and a little bit of like comedy uh it's no it's true though like the movie doesn't end on a happy note like he's gone full walrus and he will never be a human again and i feel like if you genuinely completely liked him if he was the nicest dude in the world that like yes this movie is sort of it's an unpleasant journey to go on regardless but i feel like this movie would quite literally destroy people i feel like it would break up families and shit like that um but but also too like as as unlikable as he is there's okay so there's the scene where he first wakes up and discovers that his leg is gone and starts to put together gradually over the course of this conversation with Howard. Oh, oh my God. Like you're fucking insane. And you cut my fucking leg off. And what the fuck is, I think that scene is like no joke. Unironically, a fucking all timer scene. And he is so Justin Long is so fucking great in this thing too. Uh, he so sells how goddamn upsetting this scenario would be that as much of a shitbag as the dude is, I'm just like, fuck, like no one, like no one should have to go through that shit. But then you have to look at that. So I do like that scene a lot. And uh, what's his name? Michael. Michael Parks. Michael Parks is just so, he is the best part of this movie for oh, me. fuck yeah. Absolutely incredible. I would recommend watching it just to see his performance. It's so 
wild. And their next scene together when he just starts doing the itsy bitsy spider and yeah. Justin Song's like, holy shit. It's great. It's total. It's great. But He starts wailing and then he finally gets up, walks across the long table just to slap him across the face and then walks back and sits. That, uh, it's fucking great. Well, that's revealing that because the whole time you think he's in a wheelchair and then right. he just like gets up to slap him. It's so great. But I couldn't even feel bad even a little bit in those scenes because the acting is so over the top and it just feels like Kevin Smith's just standing going, Oh my God, this is great guys. Oh, you know, he Look was at this. Too. this is great, huh? Aren't we doing, this looks good, right? You literally see him doing that in the documentary. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. It just took me out of it. Like it just goes too far for me in that direction where like I couldn't just watch a movie. Right. And see, for me, I'm just like, oh, my God, they're committing so fucking hard. Right. Like, they are acting so fucking aggressively. And it's like, I can't I can't stop looking at the thing. And I think everybody in the movie brings that level of commitment. Like, I think Genesis Rodriguez is pretty incredible in this thing. And that character could you, you it could very easily have been entirely throwaway. But I think because she is so great in that part, she actually, like, the, I don't think the movie works at all without her. I think as far off into crazy, like this is so bug nuts. I can't find my way in emotionally territory as the movie gets. She's actually the heart of the thing. Like she, by the end of the movie, she is the part of this movie. That's reminding you that there is maybe a reason to care about this man that was horribly transformed into a walrus and shit. And I think she does a really great job in a role that I think is, is in, in any movie like this is generally kind of thankless. I actually think she grounds everything around her just just enough that it makes it uh uh i'm not gonna say emotionally palatable because your <laughs> mileage may vary but more so than it might have been otherwise i mean she does make a walrus cry so <laughs> you know just that alone i don't know this movie has taught me that walruses don't cry it's <laughs> <laughs> good it's good you know they yeah i I hated it, yes, but you know when we talk about it, you know there are things. It is, it is undeniably fucking fascinating. Oh yeah, yes. you know, and it's like told. Like I, if someone was like, I'm like, I hate this movie, but watch it. You know, it's weird, but also if you haven't seen it, totally watch this movie. In the same way that if you listen to How Did This Get Made or anything, and you're just so curious about, like, I'll watch some of that shit, and like, be like, wow, I wasted two hours on this, but you know what, I did it. <laughs> Now I get what they were talking about. And I feel, I feel in on the joke. See, I get, I see, I'm, I'm trying to relate. When you feel in on the joke, it's good. It's a good now, and I feel seen and I feel more secure than I did before. I've been nervous this whole time. Now I feel, I feel chilled out. Thank you. Good, 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 good. Uh, we have not talked at all about the character of Guy Lapointe. Oh, uh, yes. Fuck so off. I was about to talk about that in that um, I, so yes, the movie takes a turn. In introducing this character and it at first I couldn't I didn't recognize it as Johnny Depp and I was like this guy's being real weird so you didn't know Um, going in that it was him yeah that's awesome and then as he kept making cross eyes and and face ticks I was like oh this is Johnny Depp okay I see and then the movie was like and then from that point it felt like the movie was like, well, we got Johnny Depp, so we got to let Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, you know, we got to let him do his thing. And so we we spent so much time hanging out with his character, do, doing a French-ish accent. 
Um, and then we get a really long scene where he, a character actor, is working off of Michael Park, another character actor, doing a different character um, <laughs> by his own choice. Like he was, he was told to do a French Canadian accent and he was like, nah, I did that in Twin Peaks. I'm going to do this other shit. Let's rip. And they just let him and Johnny Depp fucking go. And it feels like Kevin Smith was very, uh, just not ready to edit them at all. He's just like, they're so good. Just, we need to leave all of this in. And yeah, it, so I knew from having seen this movie before that once Guy Lapointe shows up, some of these scenes feel like you're stretching taffy out. They just, they just keep going. His monologue at the, the slider place didn't feel quite as long to me as I remembered it feeling, but this flashback scene felt about three times as long as I remember. It's just this weird, the pacing is great in this film. And like the scenes with, with Justin Long and in in, when he's talking to Michael Parks are like great and they feel timed and they feel edited and they feel great. And then it's like the movie drops ketamine and mushrooms and you're like, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. Why is this happening now? Why is this movie not a movie anymore? Like, it's like legitimately not a movie anymore. It's just like, <laughs> it's so strange. It's the strangest feeling. <laughs> and you also get this big, like with 40 minutes to go, you get all of this backstory about who Michael Park's character actually is. You know, you've been getting little uh, bits of it from Michael Parks throughout the movie, but then uh, Johnny Depp's character shows up and he's like, okay, so it's the serial killer who does all of this. He's basically, we don't know why he's doing it, but he puts uh, the people's leg bones in their mouths and shit like that. And then you get you get this whole backstory where I guess, and this is fucked up, his character, the Michael Parks character, was a, what, his parents were killed horribly. Yeah. And then he was shipped off to an orphanage. And the orphanage was basically branded a mental health facility, which was then shut down. All of the children, him included, were shipped off to an insane asylum where he was abused and and raped and tortured by all manner of like wealthy people and shit like that and then he ends up on this boat he gets shipwrecked uh he's saved by a walrus who he then murders to eat to live and in his horrible like guilt his purpose in life essentially becomes finding a person who will survive the process of being transformed into a, a replica, a new embodiment of the walrus savior that he killed so that the walrus has a fighting chance to kill him. And when that is done, like he's at peace. In a way, he actually wins in this movie. Like the Justin Long walrus, he goes full walrus and kills him. But that's what Homeboy's been angling towards this entire time. That's why he does the fucking Last Temptation of Christ. It is accomplished and shit at the end. <laughs> it's, it's fucked up and beautiful. It's, I mean, just kind of like, just hearing you say the words that come, this came out of your mouth. It's so alarming and how excited you are. It's just, oh. And like the fact that, okay, so we were talking about the giant up scene. Yeah. All of the exposition that you just mentioned, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything for the movie or the plot. He has no information. We already know all the information about him being a psycho serial killer. And he just, he just smashes a fucking hamburger and tells you everything you already know in a really awful accent. It is so alarming. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, I got that, that he was making their leg bones into tusks from the very moment uh, Justin Long woke up without a leg and he's, like, sharpening that bone. And I was like, oh, that's smart. 
Um, From the moment he had a leg bone in his mouth? Yeah, we all realized he had a leg bone in his mouth. We didn't need Johnny Depp to tell us. <laughs> um, so I guess I had read that originally that role was supposed to go, or like it was pitched to Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Um, but Tarantino thought he was supposed to be uh, Justin Long's character. So he was like, nah, good luck. Um, which it feels like someone could have clarified that for him. Someone could have been like, no, 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 no. You just have like a, you have literally one scene um, which I assume is was the original intent, and then Johnny Depp was like, "No, you paid for Johnny Depp." So I assume that when he talks to people, he talks in a different. He doesn't use He's his Dracula. real voice. He's like, "Ah, oh, no, it is me, Johnny Depp, and yeah. I will do uh, uh, many scenes." You <laughs> now he's a talent. Hey, we do many scenes. Do many scenes. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp is a chameleon. I'm in a scene over here. Hey, I'm Johnny Depp. Hey. Shit is offensive to both Italians and vampires. <laughs> but what about Italian vampires? So, but so too much garlic. I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ, stop it! I believe that the I like that. I believe that the uh, the the Johnny Depp thing came about because their daughters were friends and went to school together. Oh yeah, the daughters and their daughters are. Yep, they play the these characters called the Colleen's uh, who work at the convenience store. Uh, That's the two of them, and they and you you y'all are aware of yoga hosers, right? I've heard Don't of it, even. Yes. Just so this was originally conceived as a loose uh, trilogy, uh, not direct story sequels to each other, but all existing in the same universe. And he was going to call it his True North trilogy. And it was going to be uh, just a, three movies with a bunch of real fucked up shit happening in Canada. So Tusk was the first one. Yoga Hosers was the second one, which focuses on the two Colleen's. They're the leads of the movie. Um, and it's a bunch of like evil Nazi sausage monsters and shit. Um, and also Guy Lapointe comes back in that one. So they, they that, yeah, there's more of that character. Cool. <laughs> your, your favorite fucking character yeah. from Tusk is back, bitch. If I had uh, a reason not to watch Yoga Hosers. But then uh, the third one was supposed to be Moose Jaws, which is Jaws with a moose. Okay. Has yet to happen. We've yet to be gifted with, with Moose Jaws. <sighs> I'm, I'm more, I'm intrigued about how the logistics of that work. Did they pitch it on the Smodcast show? Like, is there um, a... Yes. Okay. And, and yoga... Are you re- you're really asking about logistics? And, and well, Yoga Hosers was birthed out of another episode of yes, Smodcast. I had well. heard about that. And so, yes, I mostly because Jaws is a seafaring animal and you're like, well, we need a bigger boat. And so, like, yes, you are in land space, um, which is the sea, uh, and there are monsters, right? I get that. But the idea of a moose... Uh, Cause like I guess you're in the forest and maybe a moose <laughs> is trying to harm you, but like you can just leave the forest and like you could just tell people not to anyway, whatever. Uh, well, this, you could the, <laughs> get off your boat and go on land too. Yeah, but you need you need to face the bureaucracy, right? In Jaws, uh, Roy Scheider's like, you got to get everybody off of the beach. There's a shark there because like no shit, you'd get everybody off the beach. And the mayor's like, no, Fourth of July, tourism and shit. So like the forest rangers would be like, this is our big forest camping season we can't get all these campers out of the forest what moose and shit and then they all get like eaten and impaled by antlers and shit at one point kevin smith was talking about wanting to put jay and silent bob in moose jaws and they would be sort of like the the robert shaw quint character from jaws like they'd be sort of the master uh moose hunters and shit like that Mm. and then late in the movie the moose would eat silent bob oh oh okay um so speaking of logistics here is my big question for this movie, and I don't expect a real answer because, I don't know, but he, this guy, he feels rich. 
this uh, this man who uh, turns people into walruses, multiple walruses, as we've seen during the swimming scene. Um, why doesn't he just buy a fucking walrus? Like, why doesn't he just go to the zoo and be like, I'm rich. I would like a walrus. And then he doesn't have to turn humans into a walrus. He just has to, like, make a walrus do a, its walrus thing. I mean, all right. So I can't give you the canonical answer, but I could give you the first thing I thought of, which is, one, he doesn't want to murder a beautiful, innocent walrus, right? Like, so part of the process involves sort of uh, taking something that is already impure and shitty, like a human being, transforming it into something that that is sort of the facade of something more beautiful, but also through that process, so breaking down this human being in a way you wouldn't try to emotionally and spiritually destroy a walrus to where it is ravenous and ready to fight, where it could actually stand a real chance. Because, like, a walrus isn't going to fight you with murderous intent, right? Like, that's sort of his plan. His plan hinges on this thing needs to kill me. So I feel like you need you need to get a shitty person and break them down to the point where they're ready to take your life as a walrus. That's the best I got. Okay. I mean, all right, alternatively, why not make a walrus robot, right? And then program that walrus robot to murder you. Well, you can't get it wet. (laughs) Jaws got wet? (laughs) Yeah, but canonically, that's a shark. Well, I think he also, like like you were saying, the. (laughs) You know, I also feel like. We didn't need a whole backstory on him. I think that might have been nice. Just let him be just like just the crazy fucking walrus guy. Yeah, because it's it's pretty gnar- like the backstory he like is telling while he's sewing up his arm or whatever is really intense, and it's like kind of yeah. it's a weird tone shift and kind of unnecessary. It's like just make this guy like a like the human centipede dude. Like he's just he's out here just sewing people together. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like you do. I mean, it also goes back to that like idea it the it's it's still the same kind of like trope as like the bad person has to have bad things happen in that like for someone to do a bad they have to have had bad done to them it's still kind of like yeah. rests in that uh area in that like you're you feel like you an obligation to justify why people are are evil instead of just letting people be evil which they are sometimes um so not, I'm not saying it's hackneyed writing. I'm just saying that like, I'm just saying that like there are these very old um, and, and I think I forget what the name of the, the like censorship, the haze code, haze code. Um, it, it's like very haze code esque in that like, it's very ingrained in our storytelling. Like you go back to ancient Greek storytelling, people just did shit. People were bad and they were just like, what's morality? We're going to go fuck. Um, <laughs> That's how Greek society was. I don't know. I, I think you could argue that occasionally. Like, Greek myths would normally... Like, uh, uh, Icarus, don't fuck around with the wings and shit. And, like, he got overambitious, and he was punished for his his overambition. Shit, like, I feel like that, well, that was happen That was ambition, though. That wasn't... He didn't do anything, like, morally <laughs> wrong. people into water. It was his... Like, it was his <laughs> own hubris that, like, was his undoing, which is the way that, like, Greek tragedy and some of... Shakespearean tragedy is is like your own internal flaws are what are ultimately your undoing where it is like more western uh more western sensibilities are like your your environment creates a bad and so you are bad there must be a reason for you to be a, a bad person um 
And usually that reason is Satan or something. Right. Um, which I guess, whatever. But like, um, that, that fe- it feels like it is steeped in those like tropes and sensibilities. Some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. This is that grade A shit right here. This is fucking good content. Any, yeah, anything bro. to stop talking about Tusk, I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I, it's a good time. It's- I do genuinely. I yeah. I genuinely like this thing, and I don't. I'm not gonna like die on the hill of like this is. Fu- this is what Scorsese was talking about when he said cinema and shit like that. Um, but <laughs> but it's it's. I'm just so fucking glad that shit like this gets to exist. Uh, nobody else would have made this movie. And honestly, like I got to, I put it on last night and I'd seen this a few times and I, I felt like I had internalized it enough that I didn't necessarily need to watch it again. And I thought, Fuck, like, all right, maybe I'll watch like 20 minutes of it. I'll be like, I got it and I'll watch something else. And I threw it on and I'm just instantly engrossed by the, why the fuck would you do this of it all? And I really fucking like the thing. And like every time I get to the end when they fucking bash the walruses against each other, I'm just like, I'm laughing my ass off because it's so bizarrely fucking lovely to me that shit like this still gets to happen. It is getting a lot harder to get to make weird fucking personal shit for any amount of money. And so the fact that, I mean, like, that, yeah, Kevin Smith is established enough that he is one of the few people that gets to do it and he chooses to take those resources and do this i'm it makes me happy it makes me really happy when people are just given a chunk of money to go and be fucking weird uh so i like it it's my friend and it wants me to be happy i do i do understand the commitment part and i like that like for instance a movie that kind of reminds me of um is uh sorry to bother you in a way that i feel like that movie didn't commit to the bizarre that it needed to you know what I mean? Where it, like, if we're gonna have horse people, like, let's go. Spoilers. For oh, that sorry. Movie. Oh. I mean, hey, look, you should have already seen it. We did an episode on it, so if oh, you didn't okay. know about uh, <laughs> the ending of that show, you're not listening to our show enough. Did we do an episode on it? I thought so. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. At the very least, we did a missing out Monday. I buy that. All right. But anyway, I just feel like there needed to either be. None of that business or like <laughs> all of that business. A lot more yeah. like a full like reckoning. What? Um, we touched. It was, it was magical. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, I'll just I'll go fuck off and you guys have your moments. <laughs> but Cue I, the jazz. <laughs> but I do appreciate the overall sense of commitment to the absurdity that I can say. And that's about it. Okay. <laughs> Um, so we are at last thoughts time. Um, I feel like, I feel like we got yours, Lex. I just want to say we're here at Caprice. We did it. This is, this was an episode two years in the making and we finally talked about the walrus movie. Yes. And it is, as I said in the beginning, it is my first regret. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so flattered that I could be a part of the one big regret of your life. Cool. Aww. It's it's my time to fuck off now. (laughs) So what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was, it's harrowing. Uh, it's a harrowing thing that uh, I'm, I'm sad I had to experience. <laughs> um, and, but on the other hand, I am intrigued by its existence in that 
the the background of it is much more interesting to me than the thing itself. Like, even though the thing itself is, um, there's a, this concept in comedy that is, um, it's like a low brow content presented in a high brow fashion. Um, the the my old comedy professor uh, would describe it as the in the opposite as like Bugs Bunny doing opera. It's that's low uh, presentation of high high profile content. And so this feels like the opposite in that it is um, it is a very earnest attempt at a very absurd content uh, concept. And I think that that itself is fascinating. And that's like the true definition of like comedy. Um, so I think that it's it's a really intriguing thing that I am also glad that it exists. Um, but I will never watch it again. Uh, but that's, so those are, those are my final thoughts. Um, so before we wrap out, uh, Caprice, is there anything that you would like to plug or anything? Sure. Um, I work on a show called Super Punch and you can catch that on Twitch, um, Monday through Thursday at 8 PM. Um, I also have a series, uh, with Mary Jane, which is Snoop Dogg's production company called Try High, where two of my buddies get really high and try a bunch of weird shit from Wish or Amazon, and it's fun. Also, if you want to get tattooed in your in Los Angeles, um, I do stick and poke tattooing, and it's called Tiny Cactus Tattooing, if you want to find me on Instagram. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and do you have any social media that people should? Oh yeah, probably that part. Uh, Strongman Films. That's my main main jam for all oh. my production stuff. Okay, and that's uh, Instagram, Twitter, what all of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. All the things. Strongman Films. Nice. Uh, Lex, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael, and I'm at Tari J T U R I J A Y. Uh, but most importantly, you can find this podcast at. Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. Let us know what you thought of Tusk. Let us know if you uh, enjoyed it, like Lex. Um, If you find the concept interesting, uh, like me. (laughs) Um, Or if you are not a fan, like Caprice. Uh, We have a wide spectrum here, and let us know where you uh, land. If you want to just tweet us... um, our name will know where you are in the spec or combine them. So if you're between Lex and I, it'll be like a Laurie. Or if you're like between Caprice and I, it'll be like Therese. <laughs> um, Some people uh, yeah. call me Therese. Um, I feel like just have them like hashtag walrus yes or walrus no and shit. Or like, hashtag I get it. Yeah, or hashtag I get it. Like, I just can't be bothered. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't. Like, I got, fuck off. Like, that's my answer. I don't care enough to say no. Like, fuck you. Um, yeah, there you go. Okay, cool. Great. I like my job better, but like, oh, it's fine. This is a democracy. That's fine. <laughs> I've been outvoted. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't cry like walrus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bring it back to crying with the walrus. Um, cool. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for joining us, Caprice. Absolutely. This has been very fun. Uh, and we will see you next week. This brings a close to the end. <laughs> this brings an end to the month with no name. So we will see you in March. Until then, this has been the retrospective that is introspective. And now you have a new perspective. Fucking, I'm just I'm taking all the phones out of your house. <laughs> I'm just coming over and taking your phones because the doctor said you need a rest. <laughs> <laughs> podcasting for you.